Girlfriends, episode number 18, How to Set and Achieve Your Goals. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hey, everybody. How are you? Good that you're back here with me for another episode of Girlfriends. I'm so happy that you're here. So this week, we're talking about goal setting, how to set goals, and then how to achieve them. So that's a pretty lofty goal that I have here in this podcast. Um, but first, I thought maybe we should do a check-in from a previous podcast where we talked about healthy goals. Um, in episode number two, we did uh, three doable health goals for the new year. And in that episode, I kind of shared a little bit about the ways in which I tend to set goals with that word doable, because um, that's what I find works best for me. It, but there's all kinds of different levels of goal setting. And I think it's important for us to talk about it because I know at least I, in different parts of my life, especially in the busy early years of my marriage when we had a lot of very young children all at once, I wasn't really thinking about goals on a day-to-day basis, and that's okay. I mean, it's okay if you're in a phase of your life where you're not thinking much about goals, but the, I would like for this podcast to be a little bit of a reminder to to you and to myself that we do need to think about goals, and not necessarily, you know, talking about career goals, and of course that's included, but just about what our goal is in life, kind of take that step back sometimes. And how am I organizing my life? Does it actually make sense for what I hope to be achieving? Um, you know, ultimately, we all want to get to heaven. We all want to be a saint, you know, so as general as that, but then kind of working our way backwards from there that how do I do that in this particular phase of my life? How should I be spending my time um, under these circumstances to achieve that ultimate goal of the way in which I want to live my life? So we talked about health goals in that previous podcast, and the three doable health goals that I shared with you in that one were, first of all, change your mind about you know, your attitude toward exercise, your attitude toward what foods are pleasurable, what kinds of activities are enjoyable for you, kind of shift your attitude and shift the way that you look at things a little bit, make an effort to do that. And the second one was to limit something you know, something bad that you tend to indulge in, whether it's not exercising or whether it's chocolate ice cream every night after the kids go to bed or um, whatever it was that you felt like maybe there was too much of to moderate it, to kind of limit it in your life. Um, And then three, try something new. So how are those going for you? If you haven't listened to that episode, I'll put a link in the show notes at daniellebean.com so you can check that out for yourself. And um, I'd love to hear how those goals are going for you. We kind of need a reminder now that we're in May of 2016. It's not really the new year anymore. So um, it's it's good to kind of look back at what our goals were at the start of the year and um, the ways in which we might need to remind ourselves to kind of check in about that. For me personally, um, I shared with you in that previous podcast that I was walking with girlfriends and that has fallen away out of my life. I think it happened with the flu and I just got out of that habit, out of that routine of regular walking dates with friends. So I am resetting that goal for myself of um, getting together with a friend at least once a week for a long walk. In addition to that, I've picked up running again, which is my love. If you love running, I, <laughs> I could sit and talk to you for hours about running and all the different little things about it. It's one of those things that you either love it or you hate it, I find. And running's always been a part of my life. So I'm I'm happy to be beginning that again, getting outside to do it but also using the treadmill on some cold and rainy days like today's been. I was on the treadmill earlier. Um, And then also about eating habits. That's something that I've been working on. And if you listen to the Willits podcast, they've been sharing a lot. Um, Greg and Jennifer Willits with their Adventures in Imperfect Living podcast. I'll put a link to it in the show notes because they've been sharing a lot about their recent weight loss. And they have done really well. Um, between the two of them, they've lost almost 100 pounds. I think Jennifer lost 30-something and Greg lost like 65 pounds. Pretty impressive. And um, the way in which they shared that they did it was using this app called Lose It, where they track their calories. And 
Although I didn't have a particular weight loss goal in mind, I thought maybe I'll check out that app. And instead, I ended up using one um, that's MyFitnessPal, which works very similarly. I already had it on my phone, and I kind of was used to the way that that one works. But you just input what you eat. And it's very user-friendly. You can look up any kind of food. And I find that it's been very helpful for me to um, set a kind of a, a goal with regard to the number of calories. I think it's helpful for me to be eating every day and to have an accountability for that, that, you know, if you're not tracking it, um, it's easy to just forget or not notice the things that you're eating throughout the day kind of mindlessly. But I find that having the habit of tracking it and not becoming obsessive about it, you know, I'm, I, I find that it's it's very helpful for me because it kind of keeps it in my mind. Like, you know, if I'm just going to grab something from the counter some, or like there's an open bag of chips, am, am I going to grab a handful and just eat that? Or do I want to really do I really want to go and tell my app that that's what I ate? That's what I chose to do with my calories for today? Or, you know, so it's kind of put me in a new frame of mind. I think it's really kind of helpful. And to kind of think about the quality of the calories that you're eating, which this kind of naturally does, that, you know, you can have an entire giant salad with a little bit of protein um, for fewer calories than, you know, a couple slices of greasy pizza. So um, I think that I recommend tracking your calories for this reason. I'm not telling anybody that this is the only way to eat healthy or to, you know, achieve a health goal, but I find it's very helpful for me. And, um, it, and what I also like about it is that it lets you sort of set your own goal. I'm not sure about how that Lose It app works, but with MyFitnessPal, you can put in your weight and what you'd like your weight to be, or if you'd just like to maintain your weight, or if um, you need to gain weight. I actually have a friend who actually struggles to do that, um, and she needs to do that for her health. So, um, you know, you can set what your goal is, and then it automatically helps you to figure out the, the number of calories you should be consuming every day. And, you know, you can figure in exercise and that kind of thing. So, for me, I find it's very helpful in making me more aware of the kind of choices that I'm making with what I'm eating during the day. And I've been really happy with how it's working. And Dan joined me just recently doing it. So I find that's also very helpful is kind of having a partner in setting that goal of eating healthier. And so speaking of that, that's actually going to be part of what I'm talking about here today. So we're talking about setting goals, how you how you can set goals and how you can achieve them. And like I mentioned earlier, during different times of your life, this could be a bigger part of your life than others. But I think it's really helpful to think in terms of goals. Think in terms of what outcome you want to have, what kind of person you want to be, as general as that. You know, what are, what is your ultimate goal to get to heaven? Live with God forever. Okay, let's step back. How do we get there? And um, what are what are my duties and responsibilities that I need to meet along the way? And kind of set your goals according to that. So my first recommendation when you're thinking about setting goals for yourself is to pray about it. And now that sounds hokey and blah, 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 but really to pray about it. And, you know, we can do this in all different aspects of our life, whether you might have a homemaking goal. Um, I just recently set a goal for myself of getting my laundry situation under control. And it, there's a project currently underway, and I'm going to report in on that maybe next week because people really, I, I shared about it on social media that what I'm doing with regard to laundry is I'm having... Um, Kids each keep their own separate laundry baskets. So doing kids' laundry in separate loads. So like Stephen, who's 14, for example, has his own laundry basket in his room with his name on it. And that's what he uses for his dirty clothes hamper. And when that's full, we'll run a load of Stephen's clothes. And then Stephen gets his clothes back in his basket, clean, ready for him to put away. And then he'll have an empty basket to put his dirty clothes in again. I'm still working out the scheduling and the way it's going. Um, but so far... I'm really liking the fact that I'm not having giant piles of laundry just building up inside of my laundry room, uh, which also happens to be my downstairs bathroom. So anyway, I'm getting sidetracked here talking about laundry. Uh, another thing. Yeah, I can talk to you forever about running. I could also talk to you forever about laundry. <laughs> and so we'll definitely revisit that topic and I'll let you know how my separate laundry loads um, goal is going. But all of that to say, you might have a homemaking goal with regard to getting laundry under control. Maybe you have a homemaking goal of making more homemade meals or a homemaking goal of, you know, decluttering your living room or keeping your, you know, your shower stall clean and mildew free or whatever it is. You might have a goal with regard to that. You might have a health or fitness goal like we've already talked about, but you also might have a work goal. I know a lot of people um, and a lot of people I know in real life too, um, they 
they have a goal in mind of perhaps starting their own business or if they're um, a creative person, um, you know, starting an Etsy shop or, you know, a lot of moms try to balance like, you know, making a little bit of money on the side with with being home with their kids. Um, or if you're a writer getting published, I know that was a goal for me at different times in my life. And I love to work with writers. Um, so you might have a work goal like that. Or if you are working outside of the home, you, you might have a goal of um, you know, achieving a certain milestone in your career, whether it's getting a certain promotion, get accomplishing some, uh, you know, some particular thing inside of your field, getting a certain award or recognition, you might set those goals. So whatever they are, my first recommendation is that you pray about it. And I really do recommend setting goals in these various parts of your life. I mean, maybe your categories won't be health and fitness, homemaking, work. Um, you might have goals in your spiritual life. Whatever things are important to you and that you you want to make improvements in and um, you want to set goals in, I, I really recommend that you think about it in terms of those categories and then pray about it. Pray, ask God what, what your goal should be. And he's not going to probably hit you over the head with um, an answer written on a tablet, but it opens your mind and your heart to what God might be pulling you toward. And you, you might get inspired in a direction that you hadn't previously anticipated. So being open to God's will in the various parts of your life in that way, I think is very helpful when we're talking about setting goals. Then the next thing I recommend you do when setting goals is to write them down. Now, this is something, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Shalene Johnson. She's kind of this fitness guru, but she's also, I don't know, like a DIY entrepreneur um, kind of guru, social media expert. I don't know. She does so many different things. She's somebody that I've, I've watched over the years and I really admire everything that she's accomplished. Um, I, I got to know her a little bit through her fitness videos, not personally, but <laughs> kind of feels that way when you're doing certain fitness programs over and over again, you feel like you really know that person. Anyway, um, why am I talking about this? Oh yes, because Shalene really emphasizes writing down goals. And it's something that I decided to try um, going back a couple of years ago. I never did write down goals. But then I realized when I did, if I spent a little time kind of brainstorming, what are my goals in this area and writing them out, maybe doing it um, in a Google Doc or, um, you know, in the notes application on your phone or something so that you can update it when you want to or, or look to it for inspiration when you're forgetting what those goals are. Um, it's something just switches in your brain when you write down those goals. And I find it's helpful to kind of have a brainstorming session, just write down all the things, every little thing that comes to mind about what you might like to achieve in a certain category of your life, what your goals might be, big ones and small ones and all of that. And then kind of go through and pick out the most important ones, pick out the the really big ones, and then kind of work backwards to setting smaller goals for um, getting to those larger milestones. I find that something just really does switch in your brain. When you write it down, it becomes real. It's not some vague thought that you had, oh, be nice if someday I could X, Y, or Z. It's something that you thought about enough and um, discerned that it was important enough to you that you do want to call it a goal. It's almost scary, I think, sometimes. We don't want to admit to ourselves the things that we want to achieve, the things that we're hoping to achieve because we're afraid of that failure. We're afraid of falling short. But I will tell you, that the surest way to fall short of our goals is to not even know what they are. So spend a little time writing them down, writing writing them out, and then kind of spend a little time going through and organizing them. I keep a Google Doc with uh, various goals written in it and various categories, and I can access it on my phone. And a lot of times if I have downtime or if I'm like stuck on a plane or something, I'll just check in. And, and sometimes I'm surprised like, oh, yeah, I remember I did want to do that and I kind of let it fall to the wayside and maybe there's something I could be, you know, achieving right now to kind of work toward that goal. So write down your goals. And then the second thing I want to encourage you to do once you've written down your goals is to share at least some of them with someone. Maybe you're going to tell your husband about it. Maybe you're going to tell one of your kids about it. Maybe you're going to just share with your closest girlfriend or your mom or something. But Again, this is like a further step from the writing down. It becomes real. And you even become a little bit more accountable. You might not, you might, you know, if you tell your friend, I want to lose five pounds, um, you know, maybe they're not necessarily going to call you out, you know, if they see you eating a cupcake or something. But 
at least you have that in your mind that, oh, I did tell her that I, I have this goal. And it, it kind of makes it, it makes you more accountable, even if it's not in a really explicit way. You can make yourself more accountable by sharing with other people in a very explicit way. You might join a group that shares your goals. Like say your, your uh, goal is to become a published writer, then you might join a writer's group um, that kind of share where you can talk about those goals and talk about your steps toward them, you know, however often you meet. Um, if you share with your husband, you know, some a parenting goal that you might have, you know, um, I know I've done this before where I'll tell Dan something that I'm struggling with with regard to parenting, like, oh, I'm really, I'm really impatient about this particular situation with this child. And I just really struggle to keep my cool in those situations. And then when it happens again, even if Dan's not there, because I've talked about it and I've highlighted it and made it real in that way to myself in my own mind, I'm much more aware and I'm much more likely to make the right decision in in that moment. So that's another way kind of going a step further in making your goals real and therefore achievable is by sharing them with somebody else. And then lastly, now this is going to sound stupid, but this is the most important advice I can give anybody about achieving any goal. And it's just do it. Do it. You know, I had this mom come up to me after a conference once. Actually, this has happened in various ways, dozens of times. And she said, oh my gosh, you 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 got published. You got this regular column in a newspaper. You got this book published, blah, blah, blah. And she listed a few different things that I had done. And she said, how can I do it? And I understand the motivation there. Um, but my only response was, do it. Just do it. And yes, there's more practical ways that I can give advice and support to a beginning writer. But ultimately, it's about just doing it. And I think so many of us get stuck in that place. And I know this because I've done it myself, where I really want to do this, but you're waiting for, I don't know what, the heavens to open up and someone to anoint you and tell you, this is your time to begin working on your writing, or this is your time to um, finally... you know, overcome that fear of failure and try this um, athletic event, or uh, we're waiting for some big thing to happen to tell us it's time when, you know what, we're the ones who need to tell us it's time. And what I found, especially with regard to my writing, um, early on in my writing career, I, I hate that word. I don't even like to say that I have a career because it just sounds stupid. I mean, my writing and my work, I feel like are just part of who I am. And um, maybe it's like the 80s child in me that's like the idea of pitting career woman versus stay-at-home mom woman. I don't know. Something about is very conflicted in my mind. Anyway, but early on in my my writing, I didn't really have specific goals. I, I knew that I, I wanted to have that creative outlet. I knew I wanted to kind of put my things out there and see if maybe I could get published. So I had that kind of vague goal. But the one thing that struck me the most was I had to get over that part of me that was waiting for great periods of time to open up in which I could work on my writing. Because uh, as a mom at home with little kids, that just wasn't happening on any kind of a regular basis. And yeah, I would work on my writing in the evening times when my kids were asleep and that sort of thing. So you can find little pockets of time. But I found that I had to be okay with using 20 minutes here or there, 15 minutes even, writing something down on the back of an envelope because it occurred to me while I was doing the dishes or whatever it is. Whatever your particular goal is, you need to just kind of commit to that idea that I'm just going to do it. You need to give yourself that permission to get started actively working toward that goal before everything feels like it fell into place, before everything feels like, oh, the timing is right. Because you know what? The timing is never right. And, you know, this kind of concept, uh, someone once told me, and I think it is so true, that if you wait for the perfect time for, you know, getting married or for having a baby or any of these really big kind of lifetime moments and milestones, if you wait for the perfect time for it, you're never going to do it because there is no perfect time. There is no perfect time to do something that that encompasses a lot of your time and attention and energy. There's no, I mean, you're never going to have the kind of life that just, you know, maybe you will. Let me know if you do. Find yourself suddenly, you know, on a remote island with all kinds of time to just devote to whatever you want. Most of us are living in this real world. And the fact is, you might only have little pockets of time. And 
writing down your goals and sharing them with someone else, making them real and concrete in that way. And then ultimately, once you've done that, giving yourself permission, telling yourself, it's it's okay. Now is the time for me to work on this homemaking goal or to work on this parenting goal. And I'm not waiting for the perfect time. Now is the imperfect time and it's the right time. And going from there. So um, just to review, I recommend for goal setting that first of all, you pray about your goals, then write them down, share them with someone, and then just do it. Just do it. So what goals are you working on? I would love your feedback. I would love it if you'd let me know how you set goals, the kinds of goals that you've achieved and how you have achieved them. I'd love to hear your success stories. Let me know at danielle at daniellebean.com. Also, let me know if you struggle with goal setting and what your particular obstacles are. I'd love to talk more about this topic and address it in a future podcast. Hey, girlfriends, who are we talking to this week? It's time for an interview. This week, I got to talk with Alicia Hernan. She's an amazing mom of 10 kids living in Steubenville, Ohio, and she and her husband, Mike, have an awesome podcast called Messy Parenting that will be linked up in the show notes. So I know you're going to love getting to know Alicia. She also, this is just a little aside, happens to be the sister of Regina Doman. And if you know Regina as an author, she's this amazing, creative, beautiful woman, um, Alicia is very much cut from the same cloth, but she's her own unique individual self. And I know you're going to enjoy getting to know her. Take a listen. Hey, everyone. I am so happy to be welcoming a special guest here today on Girlfriends. Alicia Hernan is here with us today. Now, in the past 25 years, Alicia Hernan has had many different roles, a music teacher, homeschooling mom, professional singer, speaker, and director of a homeschooling co-op that she founded in Steubenville called Mary's Seat of Wisdom Classical Community. Her most amazing accomplishment is surviving the birth, infancy, and toddlerhood of her 10 children so far. When she survives all of their adolescence, that will be an even bigger story. Yeah, I'm right there with you, sister. I hear you. Um, Her greatest support and comrade in this survival adventure is her husband, Michael, who serves as VP of Advancement of Franciscan University, Steubenville, and is host of Franciscan Presents on EWTN. And now, Alicia, you sent me this, and you didn't even mention your podcast, so I have to mention your podcast. Mike and Alicia (laughs) are co-hosts of this awesome parenting podcast called Messy, no, Messy Parenting. I was gonna say Messy Podcasting. Messy Parenting. (laughs) That too. Yes, it is sometimes messy too, (laughs) but Messy Parenting. And it really is, I mean, as parents of 10, this awesome, hands-on, very practical source of wisdom and common sense. So, so glad you're here, Alicia. I'm so happy to share you with my listeners here at Girlfriends. Thank you. Thank you. I'm really, really honored, actually, Ms. Danielle. I have to say is that I've been following you as well for years, and I'm just, I'm really honored that you called me, and I'm really looking forward to talking to you. Uh, well, I feel like I've known you just because I've been listening to you, mostly on airplanes, you and Mike. <laughs> you get me through many airplane rides. So, um, and, and, you know, I think I really want to encourage people to check out MessyParenting.org, check you out on iTunes, subscribe to that podcast, because if you are in this family thing, you need all the support you can get. And the more support you can get from people who've been there, done that, figured out what really matters and what really comes out in the wash, it's Mike and Alicia. And so you just, you want to check out their podcast, Messy Parenting. Yeah, it's definitely not an expert podcast. It's just, we're just fellow parents on the road with you, just walking along. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why I appreciate it. Because you know what? I don't want somebody with a degree telling me how to be a parent. I want somebody who's a good parent telling me how to be a good parent. (laughs) Well, we're trying to be good parents. But. Absolutely. Well, and that's part of it. I mean, you're right there in the trenches with us and um, really yeah. important to have that perspective. But um, we're going to share a little bit of a different perspective here today. So we're going to give you the same questions that I ask everyone who comes on Girlfriends. And um, I, I can't wait to hear what your answers are because every time I'm delighted and surprised and just really encouraged by the things that my guests share here. So to get us started, let's start with our first question that we ask everybody. So Alicia, can you tell us about a time when you felt like you really triumphed? It could be something personal or professional, just a time when you really first felt a sense of accomplishment. Well, you know, when I, when I saw that question, I was like really struck by the word triumph. I'm Mm -hmm. like, 
triumph. Like, what? <laughs> have I <laughs> done that? <laughs> it, yeah, it's like it sounds like a really big word, but the things that honestly, I thought about this for so long. The things that really come to my mind, and this may be not what you're looking for. I don't care. You probably don't care, right? No, I'm not looking for anything but what you want to share. (laughs) What I think about, honestly, are the many, many small triumphs that I've had throughout my parenting. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, like when I plant something and it actually grows, you know? (laughs) That's the best. When I I clean the basement and it's all like organized or – or when I like make a meal that like turns out like perfectly and all my kids love it and it's healthy and good. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, I mean, those really are, and those are my triumphs. And then honestly, I have to say the very first thing I thought of was the birth of my first child mm-hmm. and really every birth after that, like, I mean, birth meaning like the actual moment of birth, like mm-hmm. that I, I, it's a huge triumph. Like I did it. Yeah. We did it. You know, like uh-huh. my husband and I, like we, we did this together. We got through this, whatever. So I think those are really, I mean, those are the triumphs that I think that really stick out in my mind. Yeah. Now I, there are obviously one of my, other than the things within my family, this, um, homeschooling co-op that I started Mary seat of wisdom, mm-hmm. honestly has been one of the greatest joys of my life in, uh, in starting this nonprofit. So that's probably professionally, Mm -hmm. um, the biggest thing is to bring people together and to create something that can last outside of me. You know what I mean? Like this co-op is not dependent on me. As a matter of fact, I'm stepping down and and just to be a parent now Mm -hmm. and other people are going on and moving with it and just really serving our community. And so I guess when I see, other people's gifts being used and and seeing them stepping up into leadership roles that is just that is it brings me great joy yeah um, that's like another birth altogether right you know what it really is i mean that's a great way of putting it that's true it really is it's it's like another birth um you know birthing this organization yeah and uh, I'm really excited to see where it goes. Wow. Well, I love all of that. I mean, the first part of what you shared about those little triumphs, I think is so important, especially when you're speaking to women, because that's, I don't care if you work inside, outside, on top of your home. I don't care where you work. Our lives and our days as women are made up of little things. I mean, it's just right. a, it's just a fact. It's what we focus on. Those little details and the small triumphs are huge sometimes. And it sort of reminds me of St. Therese in her little way where you mm-hmm. don't you don't have to be doing great big flashy things. There's a real right. great sense of accomplishment and forward progress. And even those tiny little successes, and they all add up to, you know, obedience to, to God and to, and uh, loyalty to our vocations and such great fruit can come from, you know, being faithful in those tiny things. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like, you know, when you say like, was, for example, like my oldest daughter, Katie, mm-hmm. and this is like a stupid little thing, but I'm sure parents can, can relate to this. And especially those young moms, I want to like give them hope. Mm -hmm. She would never want to eat her salad. Like we have salad every night. She would never want to eat her lettuce. Never, never, never. We would always just give her to her, just give her a little bit, give her a little bit. And then I remember she was probably like 15 years old and I noticed she's like eating salad now. And I said to her, I was like, Hey, wait a minute. When did you start liking salad? And she was like, Oh, you guys just served it to me so much. I just started liking it after a while. And I was like, Ryan! Go, (laughs) Mom! (laughs) So you moms who are fighting with your five-year-olds, keep going! (laughs) It does pay off. Oh, I think that is so valuable, especially for young moms in the trenches to hear. Because, I mean, I know you know, and I've experienced it, can be so frustrating Especially yes. if you lack that experience and that broad perspective that comes with having older kids, having yes. having survived toddler years, is that <laughs> idea, yeah, you can get on the other side of it. I know I had a similar moment. It was a little less um, glamorous and nutritional, but I was looking back through some old photos and I happened to see, I won't say which of my sons, um, had duct tape on his diaper because he was always taking that thing off and <laughs> and always like getting his hands in his pants and it was like... I remember being so frustrated, like that was going to be for that was going to be my life forever. This toddler and his poop situation with his diaper, and it wasn't. 
I completely forgot about it until I saw that photo. I'm like, oh my gosh, look at the duct tape on his diaper. Remember that? That was crazy. And (laughs) every single crazy, frustrating, feels like it's going to last forever thing that we experience as moms, one day you're going to look back and be saying exactly that. Right. Yes. Thank God. Yes. Thank you, God. So important to keep in mind. I'm glad you shared that. All right, we're going to move on from our triumphs, which are great, but we all also make mistakes. And I think we learn a lot from our own mistakes, but also from the honest, open sharing that that other people do about their their mistakes in their lives. So Alicia, can you tell us about a mistake that you once made, again, either professionally or personally, and what'd you learn from it? Well, this was really hard. Mike and I were talking about this last night. Um, just, you know, looking back and being like, gosh, in, in some ways, you know, like you feel like it just in life, so many mistakes and so many things maybe that I would have done differently. Um, but I guess, and this isn't like a specific instance, but there, I should say it this way. There've been a few instances when my deepest hurt in myself, my disappointment in myself has come when I've let my husband down. Mm-hmm. Um, that has been really, that was like there's probably two times where basically it was um, in my speech, in like speaking out of turn or saying something to someone that I shouldn't have said and he heard it or he found out about it and he was hurt by that. And he felt, I don't want to say betrayed, betrayed almost it sounds like too strong of a word, but mm-hmm. uh, basically along those lines. Sure. And, and just the knowledge, just knowing, like looking at myself and realizing I can't believe I did that, you know, and just know I caused him that he trusted me and I let him down. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that's, that's definitely the, probably the lowest moments. And then, then there's some other things like a lot of times in relationships with my family, like my um, brothers and sisters, Mm -hmm. um, I'm from a family of 10. I'm the second of 10, our domains actually is my maiden name. And, um, I have brothers and sisters all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, but sometimes in seeking a better relationship with some of them, mm-hmm. I have said things or written things that like, how to say this, like kind of like saying, Hey, I want to, you did this to hurt me or you did the, and like trying to like be vulnerable, but maybe doing it in a way that actually hurt them and kind mm-hmm. of like opened up a wound that maybe didn't need to be opened. Maybe right. it was something that I just kind of needed to deal with myself mm-hmm. and just forgive them and move on or, or wait until I was kind of more healed and then bring it up. I mean, cause I'm, there are times absolutely when we need to say to people, Hey, it really hurt me when you did this or blah, 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 you know, whatever. Sure. But, but there's also times that you don't need to say that, you mm-hmm. know, and there's, and it's, it, it's very hard. Like it's a very hard decision to make, but I look back and I think, you know what, there's some times that I, I spoke up and, um, or I wrote down something or whatever, like in a letter. And I think, you know what, it probably would have been better if I just said nothing. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Those are the worst, those regrets. <laughs> but I, I think it's important to, to note that what you learn from that and I'm sure you've learned this through your experiences. Maybe that that idea of what you said was pausing before. Um, yep. And, you know, erring on the side of, I'm going to wait a little bit before I address yep. this thing. Um, especially, if right. you, especially if you're really wounded, if you're really hurting. I found, especially, you know, I like that you mentioned in relationship to your husband, because I, I'll do this with my relationship with my husband. Um, if I'm hurt by something he's done or said or disappointed in some way, if I don't wait until it's a little less raw, even if I think I'm saying it this very vulnerable, humble way, it comes out as an accusation because other people who love you don't want to hear that they've hurt you. That sounds like Mm -hmm. a terrible thing that you're accusing them of. So letting a little time go by so it's not quite so raw and you're not, you know, just tearfully telling them how much they've hurt you because even if you mean to do that in a humble way, it comes across as accusatory. That is very, very true. And that's, that's a very good way of putting it. I mean, it's, yeah, because like you said, uh, I'm, I think when I would share those things, I would think, oh, I'm just being, you know, vulnerable or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because people who love you, they don't want to hurt you. Right. <laughs> I, I know. know if I would was on the receiving end of that, I would be really upset. Right. You know, right. Um, 
So anyway, and then it's defensive and blah, blah, blah. You get into this whole big thing. Oh, yeah. But thankfully, none of my regrets have been permanent. You know, like mm-hmm. I haven't ever, you know, damaged a relationship to the point of, you know, whatever. Anything yeah. permanent. Thankfully, God has had mercy on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear you. This year of mercy, it's all about family relationships. <laughs> exactly. But so important to keep in mind, and especially inside of your marriage, I think it's important that to to realize. I, I love that you shared that, um, you know, very humbly about the ways that you've disappointed or failed your husband at times, because we all do. And I think as women, it's very common for it to yeah. be through something you've said. Um, yes, because we talk and sometimes we talk too much and we talk too freely or um, we talk too soon. We'll say something immediately that's on our minds. And we don't remember, I think, often enough how much our husbands want us to respect them and speak respectfully to them and about them to others that, you know, it's been my experience that men really experience respect in the way that we women experience love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So. I I absolutely agree. And um. And also, I mean, one thing I should add about that instance is that it happened recently, like within the past year. Mm-hmm. And so and I've been married over 20 years yeah. and I still fail. You right. know, I, I can, I still mess up. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons too, that it was even more difficult because I was kind of like, gosh, I should have known better. Like, mm-hmm. what am I doing? I'm like, I'm too old for this. Like, <laughs> that it was recent because I think there is that temptation to feel like oh we're always making such great spiritual progress and of course we are in various ways I hope but nobody's there yet and yeah I mean I know I've experienced that not even just in relationships but just like I can't believe I have to go to confession and confess this again like I thought I was over this like you know so frustrating to be human (laughs) (laughs) God should have had a better plan than making us human what was up with that All right. Well, real quick, let's go through. Um, do you can you share real quick what is the best advice that anyone ever gave you, Alicia, and who gave it to you, and how do you try to implement it? When I asked my husband, I said, "Mike, what's the best advice?" Uh, you know, kind of asked him what he yeah. thought, and he was like, "Marry this guy." <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Best advice ever. That worked out great. <laughs> it did actually. But you know what? In all seriousness, when we um, when we were dating, mm-hmm. we, um, we were juniors. Yeah. We were juniors in college and we had been dating for over a year. And I had a really good friend of mine who was 10 years older than me, who, you know, she was a single woman who I was, you know, working with and stuff. Mm-hmm. And she, it was very prayerful. And this one day it was in October. She said to Mike and I, we were, the three of us were talking at my apartment and she said, Hey, I really feel like God wants me to ask you this question. And, so, and this is the advice. Okay. What she said is okay. She's like, I really feel like God wants me to ask you this question. I am going to ask and then I'm going to walk out because I don't want you to tell me the answer. I'm okay. just going to ask this question. I'm going to leave. And we were like, Whoa. okay, this is weird, you know? <laughs> and she says, Have you asked God about his timing for your relationship? And he left. And Whoa. we had not talked about getting married at that point, Mm -hmm. but it was kind of like one of those things where I think we both knew, but we, and so we just kind of looked at each other and Mike was like, well, I was kind of assuming we would get married. And I'm like, yeah, I was kind of assuming that too. (laughs) And, and then we started talking about dates. Wow. We were like, well, how about like this summer just seems too close and next summer seems too far. And, and literally within 15 minutes, we decided we were going to get married in January 1994, which was just slightly over a year after oh my that. Gosh. And and that was in the middle of our senior year. Wow. So, which obviously is like, OK, that's not something that we would have planned. But um, but that the reason she was asking us that is because I think that she knew that right. that was not what we were thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, we were kind of like trying to hold that off, but it, it was God's plan. Like right. it, it was God that we get married at that time, even though ever since then we've had horrible weather on our anniversary and our wedding <laughs> after because we got married in the Lizzie store, but still, <laughs> yeah, I, I heard that podcast. So <laughs> 
You're going to have to check out that podcast on Messy Parenting where they share the hilarious and horrible and glad it happened to somebody else, not me, story of their wedding. (laughs) So great. Just that that advice to, you know what, and I think in the kind of the bigger picture, like that piece of advice for us was like, even in stuff that's that's good um, and right, we need to submit our lives to the Lord. And Mm -hmm. that is the only thing that matters. The only thing that matters is if you are doing God's will, everything, when I am making decisions now about, should I take this job? Should we, you know, commit to this thing? Should we do this thing over here? And it's Mm -hmm. really, I go to the Lord, I kneel down and I lay my life at his feet. That is my prayer every day. Lay my life at his feet. What do you want of me, Lord? I will do whatever you want. And at that moment, her challenge to us was, that's what she was saying. Will you just lay your lives at your feet? And at at that point, you know, I was 20. Mm -hmm. It was like overwhelming to think about getting married. But that's what God wanted for us. Yeah, (laughs) it made you have that conversation. I think that is so amazing that that person had that, I don't know, prompt from God, I guess, to kind of put that into your heads. And instantly you responded to it. So I, I really think that's amazing. And so that is that is amazing advice. It was great for you guys in your particular circumstances. But it can be applied more generally, like you just described, just submitting yourself to God's will, whatever it is that you're trying to figure out in your life. And you very rightly pointed out, you can be doing good things and feel like I don't have to talk to God about this. Obviously, this is a good thing. Exactly. <laughs> but yes, yeah. you do. <laughs> yes, you do. Any good things out there. <laughs> exactly. And you've only got a finite amount of time and energy and attention. And yeah. you really need to be, especially once you are married or when you're dating or whatever, just submitting um, yourselves to God's will and, and determining how he wants you to spend that time and energy. So what a beautiful point. I love that, Alicia. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've got just enough time to fit in your lightning round, which is always fun. It gives us a chance to kind of get to know our girlfriends a little bit better here on the podcast. And so I'm just going to ask you 60 seconds worth of quick questions. You can just answer quickly. If you have no clue, we can just move on to the next one. All right. Okay. So I can just like say pass. Yeah, you can if it's just not relevant or whatever. You know, some people get (laughs) real twisted up into knots trying to come up with something if it doesn't even apply to them. So (laughs) we can just go through quick here. And um, so, all right, we've got Alicia Hernan's lightning round on Girlfriends. Here we go. All right, Alicia, when you get a rare moment alone as a mom of 10, what guilty pleasure do you indulge in? Reading. Oh, nice. All right. And, um, okay, truth time. Have you and your husband, Michael, ever gotten into a fight while recording your podcast? Uh, yes. <laughs> you delete that stuff, don't listen, you? If you listen to the last one, we were kind of fighting a little bit. Oh, 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 I've got it waiting for me on my phone. I'm going to listen to it tonight. Great. All right. Um, what's your favorite TV show? Ooh, like, everybody loves Raymond. Okay. Um, it's either what, the Parks and Recreation in the office. So oh, those, those are good. <laughs> All right. What surprised you most about being a mom? How exhausted I am. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. All right. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Okay. Twitter or Facebook? Oh, Facebook. I don't even know what Twitter is, Patrick. (laughs) (laughs) Last one. Years years from now, St. Alicia Hernan will be the patron saint of what? Gardening. (laughs) Great. I'll have a statue of you out in my yard. (laughs) There you go. You survived. I love it. I love that we got that behind the scenes about you and Michael on the podcast because doing doing a podcast by myself, I, I and and knowing the kind of conversations I have with my husband, I think people who podcast with their spouses are some of the bravest people on the planet. <laughs> Putting it all well, out there. Every once in a while he'll be like pointing at stuff or like want me to say something or whatever and I'm like, I can't understand what <laughs> Stop it. Just hit pause and then tell me. (laughs) So cute. You guys are the best. So people can check that out. Messyparenting.org or look them up on iTunes. It's the Messy Parenting Podcast with Mike and Alicia Hernan. Alicia, thank you so much for being here on Girlfriends. But beyond that, thanks for all that you share through your podcast and through the beautiful work that I know you're doing, raising those 10 children for God in your own home and your own family. 
Thanks so much. And actually, thank you, Danielle, for contributing to the Catholic culture in our country. It's just so needed. And the work that you do is awesome. Oh, thanks. Thanks. Great. Beautiful feelings and mutual blessings from one another here on Girlfriend. So God bless you, Alicia, and we'll be catching up with you again soon. All right. So I especially loved what Alicia shared about that idea of kind of taking that step back and um, kind of asking God how you should be spending your time, because that goes right along with what we've been talking about in this week's podcast about how to set goals and how to achieve them in all the various aspects of your life. And speaking of goals... Finding new ways to support the ongoing production and improvement of the Girlfriends podcast is one of my goals. I'd like to share with you a little promo that I made describing a new way that you can help support the production of Girlfriends. Hey, Girlfriends listeners. Thanks so much for being a part of what I do here at Girlfriends. Today, I'd like to tell you about a new way that you can help support the production of this podcast. As you know, the Girlfriends podcast is available free to anyone and everyone, and that will always be the case. I produce this podcast as a tool to support and encourage women from all walks of life, especially in their roles in family living. But producing a podcast is not free. There are hosting costs and software and a few different memberships that I pay for in order to bring you the best quality shows possible and make them available for everyone. I also have to factor in the cost to me in terms of the time that I invest to produce this podcast each week. In order to offset these costs and then hopefully invest in the future and improvements of this podcast, I've decided to set up an account for the Girlfriends Podcast at patreon.com. For those of you who aren't familiar with it, Patreon is a website that enables you to support the production of projects like artwork, music, and podcasts like Girlfriends. When you create an account at Patreon, you'll have the option to pledge your support for the Girlfriends podcast. Simply go to patreon.com slash girlfriends, and there you can pledge as little as $1 per show, which would add up to just $4 per month. I do that for a few podcasts that I appreciate personally. And then you can set up a monthly limit so you know you'll never be spending more than you're expecting to. Your pledge of support will not only make it possible for me to continue to produce the podcast and continue to make it available free for all, but it also can earn you bonus benefits, including access to bonus content. Depending on your level of support, you can receive thank yous like access to monthly Google Hangouts, a personal Skype call with me, or a free signed copy of one of my books. For all the details, you can go to patreon.com slash girlfriends and find out more about the simple way that you can help support the Girlfriends podcast. Your pledge of support means so much to me. Thank you. So that's a little bit more about Patreon, which by the way is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash girlfriends. But there are other ways you can support the podcast if you're not able to support girlfriends financially. I appreciate your prayer support. So many of you have written to me and told me that you're praying for me and the work that I do and praying for my family. And that is so valuable to me and so meaningful to me. So you can continue to do that. Um, That's a wonderful way that you can support the podcast. Also with reviews, we've talked about reviews on iTunes in the past. And um, it's something that I continue to really value that you can do that gives a little boost to the podcast in iTunes. If you go to iTunes and look up Girlfriends, or if you already subscribe there, you can subscribe, which also helps boost my ratings. You can rate the podcast, give it um, whatever number of stars you think it's deserving of. And then you can post a quick little review. And this week, I want to thank Anne in Wisconsin for taking the time to leave me a review at iTunes. Anne says, I saved this show for a day when I can't get anyone to walk with me. It really is like listening to a good friend. I enjoy getting introduced to other Catholic women during the interview segment. So thank you for that, Anne. And I'd like to thank you by name in a future podcast. So go on over to iTunes and leave a review there, and I'll mention you in a future podcast. Listen up, girlfriends. It's time for the weekly challenge. We got this. Of course, we're talking about goals and setting goals and how to achieve them this week. So we're going to have a very goal-oriented challenge this week. What I'd like for you to do is um, pick one of the goals that I'm 
encouraging you to write down and share with others. Spend a little time focusing on one of those particular goals in the coming week. You can do this. Just, you know, when you're when you're doing writing it out, whether you're writing it out by hand in a notebook or if you're doing it on your computer, or saving it to a file or on your phone, when you're doing that writing out and you come up with a specific goal, a long-term goal that you want to commit to, then spend a little time, this is the part that's really important, breaking it down into smaller and smaller steps further and further away from that final goal. Because we all know that you can't just achieve lar- large long-term goals overnight. It's made up of small steps in the right direction. So let's say um, you wanted your goal to be to um, be more physically fit something like that. that. That's one of your main goals in a general way. Well, break that down. How are you going to do that? Um, are you going to join a gym? Are you going to invest in um, some fitness DVDs? Are you going to um, meet with a friend a few times a week and um, go walking together? Whatever it is, break it down into those smaller steps and then do at least one of those small steps in the coming week. And then let me know how it goes for you. Email me at danielle at daniellebean.com. Leave me that voice feedback, which absolutely makes my day. Listener Tracy did that this week, and here's what she had to say. Hi, Danielle. This is Tracy, your BFF from Twitter. And I just finished listening to episode 16 with Margaret Burns, and she was a hoot. I loved her, and I now have a new blog to follow. So thank you both. And I loved your part about the um, giving permission just to say no, that we don't always have to say yes. Um, I myself have found great freedom um, in this over the years, um, especially once I realized we don't all share the same passions. So naturally, we're not all going to volunteer for all the same things, and that's okay. So um, I stopped doing that a long time ago, and it's great. However, as seasons of life change, sometimes I need to be reminded of that. And this was a good reminder. So uh, keep up the great work and I look forward to the next episode. Thanks so much, Tracy, for leaving that feedback. You can leave a voicemail too, just like Tracy did. Go to daniellebean.com and click on the little tab on the right side that says leave voice feedback. It's super easy. You can do it right from your computer or from your phone. You don't need any special equipment. Or if you want to just make your own recording on your phone or however you do it and send me an MP3 or whatever you have, you can do that to danielle at daniellebean.com. I'd love to hear from you. I love having you add your voices to the show. So thank you for those thoughts. Tracy, I I love that um, you shared about going through different seasons of life and that sometimes you need a reminder that our lives do change. And I find that sometimes I need a kick in one direction and that at another time in my life, I need a kick in another direction. So sometimes you might need that uh, little encouragement to say no to things that don't make sense for you. And then other times you might find that you need encouragement to reach out and be giving more of your time um, to people on the outside. So thank you to Tracy for sending those comments along. And thank you to Alicia Hernan for being a guest on this week's show. And thank you for being here. Your presence really does mean so much to me. I love producing this podcast and you are the reason why. Thanks for showing up and for all your prayer, encouragement and support. Until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a Danielle Bean production. Know your worth. Find your joy.